did ask me on Parker. Yeah, I said John Ford this time. Okay. <laughs> Tell you after a while, if you're around them very long, 
going to be negative or you're going to be upset and angry all the time because they are negative. You know if you're positive or negative, and God knows. You know, and of course, either way, everybody else does too. Turn over to Psalms, chapter 139. This is David talking. Psalms 139, verse 4. It says, For there is not a word in my mouth, in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it all together. God knows everything we say, everything we think, everything we do. But we need to be careful. There's not one thing that comes out of our mouth that God does not hear. Right or wrong, good or bad, he hears it all. And yet sometimes we speak like it doesn't matter who hears, and we ignore or forget that God knows all. He knows what you say. Even when you're by yourself. You know, I can talk in my car and nobody knows what I'm saying, good or bad. But God knows. He knows. And he's the one we're going to answer to someday. He knows what you think. Turn over to Proverbs 18. Proverbs chapter 18. I'm going to start in verse 4. And these scriptures will be back on the board. Thanks to, thanks to Miss Becky. She put some on there for me. Proverbs chapter 18, starting verse 4. It says, The words of a man's mouth are as deep waters, and the wellspring of wisdom as a flowing brook. It is not good to accept the person of the wicked to overthrow the righteous in judgment. A fool's lips enter into contention, and his mouth falleth for strokes. A fool's mouth is, a, is his destruction, and his lips are the snare of his soul. The words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down into the innermost parts of the belly. Words run deep as well waters. Think about that. Have you ever had somebody say something to you or about you and it hurt you a lot? It could have been years and years ago. And when you think about it, the hurt is still there. And you may have forgiven that person, but the hurt is still there. You know, sometimes we need to think about what we say and the impact that it's going to have on somebody else's life. Do you know how many insecure adults are because they were made fun of when they were a child? Or how many mean and hateful bullies there are because they were bullied when they were a child. Well, I guess one of my pet peeves is I guess to hear a parent tell a child that they're mean. You're so mean. And I've said this before. You keep telling them that, that's what you're going to get. I have told many parents... When I hear them say that, you keep telling them that, and that's what you're going to get. Because if you hear something over and over again, you're going to start to believe it. That's why somebody preached about what, things that are being taught in the church that aren't right, and people just believe it because they've heard it all their life. Well, Grandma did it, Mama did it, so I'm going to do it. Well... 
sometimes, you know, you've got an adult or older kid, you tell a smaller one that they're stupid or they're worthless, that they'll never amount to anything. I had a lady come in the store, the way she was talking to that kid, he was like three or four, and I finally said something. I'm like, you keep telling him that, and some of the things that she was saying, I said, that kid's going to have to have therapy before long. And she just kind of laughed, but I mean it. No? Sometimes you hear adults talk like that. It's not just the kids. So we need to think about what we say. You know, how can that person want to be the best that they can be when everybody else is telling them and believing that they're not going to be anything? The power of the tongue. Verse 6 and 7 talks about us controlling what comes out of our mouth. But, oh, I can't help it. That's just the way I am. Well, if that's just the way you are and you're a Christian, maybe you need to go back to the altar and talk to God You know, we can help make or break a person with our words. But we can also help or break our image with our words. You know, are we known as a liar? Oh, no, Christians don't lie. No. True Christians do not lie. But I have seen churchgoers and even a couple of preachers, not in this church, let me get that real straight. I have known preachers that lie. And it shocked me. I worked with some. I mean, I thought they were men of God. And the next thing I know, they're telling a little white lie. And it really disappointed me. That's why Brother Allen used to say, don't put your faith in men, put your faith in God. God will never let you down, but men will. Tell bearers. Do we exaggerate a story? Leave something out because it makes us look better? You know, there is also a lot of omission. We talk about lying, telling lies, telling lies. But there is also a lot of omission. The Bible says, no liars. Little white lie or bold-faced lie. will enter into the kingdom of heaven. A lie is a lie is a lie. Doesn't matter what kind it is. It will not enter into heaven. Are we outspoken when we say things when we're mad? Speak before we think? Speak your mind? No, you can go on and on and on about things that we do. And like I said, don't say that's the way we are because when we get saved, God changes us. When you get saved, God changes us. So if that's the way we are and we're the same way we were before we got saved, we need to go to the altars and repent and ask God to come into our heart. If that's just the way you are and you're still holding on to it, you can't let God have complete control of your life. And you know, it says the tongue is the smallest member, but it's the hardest thing to tame. And I'm paraphrasing. And it is. But we have to work on it. We have a responsibility to learn to control our tongue. Turn over to James chapter 3. James chapter 3 and verse 8. 
Bible says, but the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. You cannot control your tongue on your own. And so many times we try. Well, sometimes we try. <clears throat> sometimes I just open my mouth and it comes out and I don't even try to keep it in. And that's when I have to repent. You've got to give 100% to God and let Him control your mouth and the words that come out of it. I used to be, especially before I got saved, really bad about this thing of our son on top of my mind. God convicted me of that. Because sometimes what I would say wasn't cussing or anything, but sometimes it would not be taken well. Uh, maybe inappropriate for that. Not a bad joke or anything, but inappropriate for the situation. Some people like to make jokes to cover up nervousness, and I did that. And God convicted me of it because sometimes it hurt my testimony. Turn over to James chapter 1. James chapter 1, verse 26. If any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. Have we ever lost our temper and said something we're sorry for? I have. In fact, I did this morning. I said this lesson was more so for me than anything. So if we think we're Christian and we can't control what comes out of our mouth, we're in trouble. But we are. And if you're belittling people, lying, gossiping, arguing and bickering all the time, your religion is in vain. And you say, well, they just rubbed me the wrong way. Well, God said, turn the other cheek. Sometimes we have to go back and say, I'm sorry, even when we don't want to. If we're doing all that, we are not going to make it to heaven. Turn over to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter 3 and 10. <clears throat> it says, For he that will love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips that they speak no guile. So, how do I say this? If we're prayed up and ready, reading God's word, praying for others and helping people, we got God's love in our heart, we're volunteering in the church, you won't have time to gossip and backbite and put others down. You're doing and living like you're supposed to. And it really... <laughs> Hard me to see people make fun of other people. I mean, is that godly? And I've seen Christians do it. If we've got the time for backbiting and gossip, we need to be spending more time in the Word, maybe some time at the altar repenting. 
gossip. There's so much scripture on that. Um, this verse talks about, it's talking about, turn over to 1 Timothy chapter 5. And the verse that we're going to read is talking about the widows, but it could be any of us. 1 Timothy chapter 5 and verse 13. 1 Timothy 5 and 13 says, And withal they learn to be idle, wandering from house to house, if not only idle, but tattlers also, and busybodies, speaking things which ought not. Now, in our society, you don't have to wander from house to house. Just pick up your phone. Call somebody. You can even go to Facebook, Twitter, your tablet. I mean, you don't have to go house to house. Just pick the phone and say, did you see what so-and-so did the other day? Gossip. Gossip. And I've said this before. Even if it's true and it's hurtful, do not repeat it. Do not repeat it. Would you want hurtful stuff said about you? Even if it was true? Especially our past. You know, when we get saved, we are supposed to change and we get a fresh start. And yet people will call up and say, well, did you know I saw Jan Bailey at church the other day? Well, I knew her when she did so and so and so and so and so and so. Yeah, they did. That's the old Jan Bailey. Larry sings that song, The Old Man is Dead. When you get saved, that old man is dead. So why bring up that person's past? That's behind them. God has forgiven them. Let them get a new start and go on and encourage them. Sometimes we as Christians 
that have served the Lord for so many years. Well, I've served the Lord for 20 years. Well, I've served the Lord for 40 years. We look at a sinner, and instead of having compassion for a soul, we look at them and judge them by everything they're doing wrong. That goes back to our past. I did wrong things when I was a sinner. And God had compassion on me. So are we not to have compassion on you? Don't ever think because you're saved, you're better than somebody else. Because you are not. You're saved by the grace of God. And I'm so thankful that God watched out for me when I didn't have enough sense to watch out for myself. And that's even as a Christian. Not just when I was a sinner, but as a Christian. So we need to think about that. There's so many scriptures about that, but here's one. Turn over to Proverbs 6. Proverbs chapter 6. Verse 16. It says, These six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among brethren. A heart that devises wicked imaginations. This is just a question just to think about. I wonder if this would include the writers of scary movies. I've always wondered that. I mean, don't answer it, but Freddy Krueger, Friday the 13th, Chucky, you know, when I read this, I want this made me think about this. These are people that are thinking of wicked imaginations. Of course, I never allow my kids to watch them. There's so much meanness in the world. And it's getting worse all the time. The Bible tells us parents will kill their children, children will kill their parents. And we're seeing it on the news all the time. You know? So, I wonder what God thinks of these people. Just, I know a girl that loved to stir up trouble. I mean, she'd rather stir up trouble than eat. And I worked with her. She even went so far as to write a love letter to her brother-in-law and put it in his pocket at work to see if he would tell his wife about it. And I told her, I said, well, why would you do that? She said, well, I would just like to know. And she thought it was funny. I said, well, if that happened to me at work, I wouldn't run home and show it to Larry. I would throw it away. It wasn't fun. And that would be the end of it. And if it wasn't the end of it, then I would go to my boss. And if that wasn't the end of it, well, by the time I went to my boss, I would probably have told Larry about it. But she just wanted to stir up trouble. And then sit back and laugh about it. And I told her, I said, you need to be real careful stirring the pot all the time because sometimes it'll splash back up on you. You know? 
But why do they do things like that? Unless you've got evil in your heart. She wasn't a Christian. At that time, I wasn't a Christian. But I still knew right from wrong. We're taught that when we're children. Discord among brethren. Kind of like someone does something in the church for the Lord or even to help somebody else. And all you want to do is gripe about it. You never want to offer to help. You know, they do it. I've seen people, it's really sad, talk about others in their church, not here. Different churches. And they're complaining about stuff that goes on in their church. And I'm thinking you should never, ever write to somebody about somebody wanting to do something for the Lord. <coughs> they may not be perfect at it. But if that's what God has laid on their heart, then encourage them and lift them up. Don't write because it's not like you think it should be when you're sitting on a pew doing nothing. You know, it's real easy to sit back and do nothing and write about what somebody else is doing. Now, just as we speak negative things, we can also speak positive things. So, let's speak life. You know, most important spiritual life. Turn over Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. We hear this a lot. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in him in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. We confess salvation through our mouth. Speak the life. Confess with my mouth that I'm a sinner and I want Jesus to come into my heart and say I'll be saved. Salvation is the best thing that can come out of our mouth. And that's eternal life that we receive. Turn over to Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs chapter 10. Verse 20 and 21. It says, The tongue of the just is as choice silver. The heart of the wicked is little worth. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools die from want of wisdom. Doesn't it make you feel good when you say something and people just kind of take you at your word? Your life has shown them that you're honest. You know, your reputation of being a good and honest person. Words are so powerful. Just remember, God spoke the world into existence. He spoke it into existence. And what we speak, shouldn't we always use our words to enlighten and encourage? Instead of being hateful and harsh? He spoke the world into existence. You can't tell me words are not powerful. Turn over to James chapter 3 and verse 10. James chapter 3 and verse 10. It says, Out of the same mouth proceeded blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. 
Now this could be talking about cussing, and as Christians we shouldn't. But I also think it's talking about us Christians not gossiping, or saying harsh words, or about mocking or making fun of other people. We can, whether it be physical, mental, well, people have physical defects, they have mental defects, their situation, their circumstances, their religious beliefs, their opinions on things. We should never make fun of people for that. Like I said a while ago, things can change and you can be in the same boat. The other day I was talking with my daughter and I had to tell her my Brother Alan's favorite sayings. Let's just agree to disagree agreeably. Now, the word is the word. There's no change in that. There's no argument about it or anything. The word is the word. But we all have different opinions about stuff. And if yours is different, I shouldn't get mad. I shouldn't make fun. Believe me, she was telling me her side and her opinion. And I listened. Regina said a few things about what my opinion was. And finally, I just said, well, we're going to have to just disagree, agree to disagree agreeably. And she said, well, I guess so. And we'll never change our opinions. I'll still believe one way, she'll believe another. But just because we have difference of opinions, don't assume if you and I disagree on something, doesn't mean I'm supposed to be mad at you about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, doesn't mean I'm supposed to run over to Sister Amanda and say, well, you won't believe what Sue thinks. I mean, we're all different. Each and every person in this church is different. Now, we might agree on some things. Some things we'll disagree on. That's just the way we are. But that doesn't mean that you're supposed to be ugly about it. Right. She and I have disagreed on many things. And we probably will disagree on many things in the future. But I still love her, and she's due her opinion. They're just not the same as mine. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 4. You know, one thing about my lesson, y'all will learn where the books of the Bible are at, because I have lots of different scriptures in them. Ephesians 5 and 4. says, Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving thanks. So in other words, don't let any filthiness or foolish talk or crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be praise and thanksgiving come out of our mouth. You know, if we're busy thanking God for all the things that He does for us, we won't have time for the other stuff. And I said that a while ago. It makes such a difference. When computers came out, everybody was worried about it. Junk in, junk out was part of the favorite saying. If you don't get the right information in the computer, it is not going to give you the right answer. If we don't get the right stuff in our mind and in our heart, the right stuff is not going to come out. If you've got junk going in, you're going to have junk going out. If you watch movies that have a bunch of foul language in it, before long, 
it's going to come out because it's in your mind. If you watch things that you shouldn't, you're going to think about it. You know? That's why I don't watch scary movies. But there's just things that we should do and that we shouldn't do. You know, and if we're busy thanking God, I'm not going to have time to tell Sister Amanda what Sue did last week. I'm not going to have time to tell Sue how Amanda hurt my feelings and she didn't. I'm just using I can see y'all. You sit up front and I can see you, then I'm going to pick on you. I can't see past that hardly without my glasses. I can't read with mine. Turn over to Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4 and verse 6. Colossians 4 and 6 says, Let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. Always be with grace. You look that up. Elegance, charm, manners, mercy, pardon, charity, honor, mercifulness. These are things that are graceful. Isn't that how God talks to us? Now, even when he's trying to reprimand me, he still talks to me with love. I mean, sometimes he may have to be stern, but he still loves me. And I know it. And that's how we're supposed to talk to other people. Season with salt. How many cook with salt? And then half the time, me and Larry salted after I cooked it. It makes the flavor better. I've known, well, the girl's great-grandfather had heart problems, and their grandma cooked with no salt. And it was bland. I mean, the food was always bland. I'm always like, add salt. But once you cook, I say, pasta, and you don't salt that water, you can add all the salt you want, and the pasta still is bland. <clears throat> seasoned with salt. We're supposed to talk to people seasoned with salt. When we speak, our tone of voice, our attitude, even <clears throat> our body movements or language should be done with love and mercy and manners. You know, you can come in and you can... I'm to think about what if I came in and said, Hey Sue, how are you? If I came in and said, Well, hey Sue, how are you? Same words, different attitude. Our body language is read by other people. Right. Of course, Larry says, If you tie my hands, I couldn't talk. And that's probably true because I talk with my hands. How do we speak to other people? Is it seasoned with salt to make it better? Or are we harsh, intimidating? Well, some people will make puff up that chest and they lean down over you and they speak a little louder, and it's intimidating. Some people it works on, some people it don't. Some people want to get intimidating back. goes back to for every action, there's a reaction. How do we react to situations? Are we Christ-like? Because believe me, if you work with people, sometimes you want to get back in their face. But then we lose our testimony. 
So just remember, how do we deal with other people? Is it Christ-like or do we sound like the rest of the world? Turn over to Matthew chapter 5. Now this is Jesus talking. Matthew chapter 5, verse 10 and 11. It says, And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand, not that which goeth into the mouth defileth the man, but that which cometh out of the mouth defileth the man. Matthew 5 and 10. Okay, wait, let me look. That's why, that's why I say don't ever believe what I say. Read it for yourself. Because when you're doing it at night, late, Matthew 15, I just forgot to put my one on here. 
And I may have back there. I don't know. Again. Did I? See how easy, how easy it is to get it wrong? Very true. That, how do you know, if you're not looking at your Bible, when I'm reading this scripture, how do you know that I'm telling you the truth? When I would never mislead anybody on purpose. But some people would. But if you're not reading along, if you're not looking at it, if you're just taking my word, you can be misled. I don't know who preached that the other night, but it was such a good message about knowing the word for itself and not taking what other people tell you. So it's chapter 15, verse 10 and 11, and it said, And he called the multitude and said unto them, Hear and understand. Not that which goeth into the mouth defileth a man, but that which cometh out defileth a man. Not what we put in, but it's what we let come out. And that's what shows our heart. So we need to be real careful. Now, turn over to Matthew 12. This is Jesus talking. And I'm going to put a one in front of that. Matthew chapter 12, verse 35. I'm going to start in verse 35. Matthew 12, 35 says, A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I, talking about Jesus, but I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Think about that. Really think about that. What we say and how we act shows how much of God's Spirit is actually in us. Sometimes... I'm short on it. Sometimes I look my teeth and say something. And it's not Christ-like. We need to really, really, really think about what we say. Because when we stand before God, we're going to be judged on what and how we have spoken. And don't think that just because we call ourselves Christians that it'll be okay, and that God will overlook it. Because he won't. He said every idle word that we'll be held accountable for. We should be praising him, thanking him, worshiping him, encouraging others. By our words, we will be justified or condemned. It didn't say anything about free passes. No, a monopoly, you get a get-out-of-jail-free card. I have never read in the Bible where it says you'll get a go-to-heaven-free card. And we know works won't get you to heaven. It's grace. But it does say we will be judged by our works. So words are singularly the most powerful force available to humanity. Words have energy, power, 
They have the ability to help and to heal, to hurt or to harm, to humiliate, to humble. And you get all prideful and see if God won't humble you. The words we choose and how we use them, they can build others up or they can tear them down. They can bring a community together or they can tear it apart. And we have seen that in the past. What do we say to others? How do we speak to others? Some of y'all are my winter clothes. Some of you are younger. But when I was growing up, we were taught you were respectful to people. And it didn't matter who they were. What, of course, I'm sure back then most of us were poor. But that didn't make any difference. For one thing, I didn't know I was poor. Not until I entered high school. But we were taught to be respectful. It was yes, ma'am, and, and no, sir. Thank you, and please. You didn't stand up and back talk an adult. My mama would have booked me. We're losing that now, guys. And we as adults, in a way, it's our fault. Are we teaching our children, our grandchildren, to be respectful? I had a lady in the store yesterday talking about she had been with her daughter-in-law and granddaughter when they had been somewhere. I can't remember now where. And she said the granddaughter was like seven and said she was so disrespectful to her mother. And she said, I wanted to say something so bad. I said, that's the difference between me and you. I would have. One of my grandkids is not going to stand and be disrespectful to their mother. I'm not going to have it. And if mom gets mad because if it gets bad enough, I snatch that kid up and give them a lick or two, mom's just going to have to be mad. They're not going to do it in my presence. And I don't care if they're a grown child. The Bible tells us to respect our parents. The Bible tells us that if, well, and I read it somewhere when I was studying for this lesson, it just happened across, that if you were to strike your mother or your father, you were to be put to death. And I told that lady, I said, you better say something now. I said, because when she's 16, she'll be shoving her mother down. And by 18, 21, she'll be out there where Larry's at. Yes. It does. There are so many promises about children that are honor their parents. And we're not seeing that anymore. And it's up to us as adults to teach them. Even Pijo will walk up and open a door for us and hold it because I have taught him the man is supposed to open the door for ladies. We have to teach them. If we don't teach them, we're going to have a lost generation coming up. So what do we say? How do we act? Our words can bring a community or a family together or it can divide it. If I would have stood back up my mama like I heard some kids, I would have been black and blue. But it's up to us 
It's up to us. Just remember, no matter what you choose, whether you speak good or you speak bad, whether you hold your tongue or you gossip, we will be held accountable for it. So next time, like I said, this is probably more for me than anybody. Speak, think before you speak. What is it that the Bible says, and I can't quote scripture, but it says something about being slow to hear, slow to anger, and slow to, quick to hear, slow to anger, and slow to speak. We need to hear quickly and speak slowly. So, like I said, next time you think before you speak, because it may make all the difference in what comes out of your mouth. Don't hurt me say, sometimes I have to chew my tongue on both ends. So sometimes I don't and I get in trouble. So I don't know about y'all, but like I said, this lesson was more for me than anybody. And I just pray that God will teach me to bite my tongue instead of responding so quickly because you know if we wait just a minute we might not respond in the same way so if we're quick just to say something back we regret it so anyway that's all I got